This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Fiverr Business. Fiverr connects your team with expert freelancers and provides a powerful workspace to manage all of your projects and budgets more efficiently. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Chance and my guest today is Michael Clinton. He's the former president and publishing director of Hearst Magazines and currently serves as special media advisor to the CEO of the Hearst Corporation. He's also the author of a book we're going to talk about today, Roar Into the Second Half of Your Life Before It's Too Late. So, Michael, uh, welcome to the show. John, thank you so much. It's great to be with you today. So the first obvious question I have to ask you is, how old are you? I am a proud 67. <laughs> 67. All right. So, so we've established a baseline that you've at least entered perhaps what is the second half of your life. But another question I had, had to ask is, what's your favorite Hearst publication? Since I'm a, a, a male, Esquire has always been one of my favorite magazines, yeah. but I have had 22 children, so it's very hard to pick the best. I love, oh, the Oprah magazine, which yeah. I helped launch, which was the most successful magazine launch in history. I love Runner, Runner's World because I'm a marathon yeah. runner. <laughs> and I can go on and on, but I love them all equally, John. Yeah, I understand that. I, that was an unfair question, but I, I've been an Esquire subscriber. I think I started subscribing maybe right when I got out of college. So that's been, it's been a few years and my wife got the inaugural O magazine that was about that thick. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We had to go back to press on that one. It was Thank you. It's crazy. Yeah. So let's get into the book a little bit or the topics of the book. What, uh, is there anything that led you to say, Hey, I, I need to write a book about, or at least explore this idea of making the second half of your life, something that you would roar into? Yeah, no, thank you. I think one of the great inspirations, actually the book was conceptualized because as I was leaving the day to day about 18 months ago, I wanted to give a, if you will, a last to my management team. I had a couple hundred people in the room and I had conceptualized this idea because it's really about not just work, but about life, lifestyle, relationships. And everyone loved it. And someone said to me, you should write a book on this topic. And of course, ding, ding, ding. So I went through the process. But here's the, the gist of it. If you're 45 and you're healthy today, it's more than likely that you're going to live another 45 years. And if you're 60, once upon a time, you would start thinking about what was called retirement. Right. And you would maybe get a 10-year stretch. Today at 60, I like to call it rewiring yeah. because you can rewire and have another 30 years of life and have a second career or even a third career, separate lifestyle, distinct new lifestyles, future relationships. It's going to be a long stretch. So the traditional definition of what was 60 plus, let's call it, yeah. or even 50 plus is being blown up every day. It's just not as relevant as it once was for our fathers or for our grandfathers. So I wanted to shed some light on that. And I interviewed 40 incredible people who all have had major pivots in their life, post 45, let's call it, really inspirational stories. And I told a few of my own my own experiences, but it was really a labor of love. Lots of tools and resources in the book, too, as to how one can do it. Yeah, and there, I think this is 
been going on for a few years, but there's sort of an intention to like this second stage as opposed to, I, I do think you talked about our fathers and grandfathers just ambled into retirement. Here I am. And I think that there's an intentional idea of, no, I'm going to plan this next thing. And I'm guessing you're, you're saying it could maybe be better than the first half. It doesn't have to be like a giving up. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, exactly. One of the things that I found with all these people that really transform this as I call them the reimagineers among us is they're very curious. They're very passionate about life in general. Yeah. Uh, they're lifelong learners. Yeah. And I did something very, where people say to me, you, were you, uh, I, I can't even imagine doing it, but I went back to school oh. at uh, 65, 64 to get a master's degree at Columbia University. It was 12 courses. I just graduated. So I'm a new graduate. People, when you tell them if they're in their 60s, going back to school and take, writing papers and doing exams, they start sweating when they start mm. saying, I can't even imagine. But it was a phenomenal journey. And I learned a lot. And I think we shut ourselves, we shut off possibilities for ourselves. It's self-imposed because I like to say, forget about age appropriate and focus on person appropriate. There, there are a lot of people who are having a first child at 50. There are people going back to school at 60, starting businesses at seven. Who said that you can't do something simply because you're 50, let's say? Yeah. So I, I must admit, having a child at 50 scares me more than yeah. going back to college. Would, but the fastest growing demographic of starting businesses is the 50-year-old. And I think that a lot of people, instead of saying, as you said, the traditional career path, I retire at 65 or whatever you know the age is, I think a lot of people are saying, uh, it's almost like... I, Now's the time. I've got maybe the savings. I've got the the windfaller that I can lean on. And so I think that that idea of being an entrepreneur, regardless of age, I think is has has really taken root. But certainly with that age group, I'm wondering. I, I hate asking this, but it's still going to be around for a few more months <laughs> of asking this question about the pandemic. But I saw a whole lot of career change, like now's the time sort of energy that that was probably always there, but just got magnified, didn't it? It's so funny you say this because everyone keeps telling me, boy, is your book well-timed. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> uh, it's true. I think it was always in our minds, but it got amplified because yeah. we all went through an existential moment where we were hunkered down with ourselves, our families, our, I could call it our pods. Yeah. And we had a lot of time to reflect. And I think a lot of people had a lot of experiences in being at home that they questioned, do I want to do that two-hour commute anymore? Do I really want to live in the city or town anymore? So I think a lot of people were creating their thoughts. And I, I predicted in the next couple of years, there'll be an enormous amount of change. You're seeing mm -hmm. it already in this phenomenon called the big quit, yeah, which yeah, you yeah. might be reading yeah. about, yep, where yep, yep, people yep. are checking out of jobs, not just not just leaving their first career early, but people in their 30s and 40s who were saying, I'm going to I'm going to quit and I'm going to go regroup and do something else. Yeah, I think there was a lot of amplification around this during yeah. this part yeah. of COVID. So, so it and again, you you don't necessarily write about this, but I'm sure you've encountered uh, people that just can't pull the trigger. They know they want to. They know they should. What does in your experience, what does stop people from owning what their next chapter should be? Yeah, it's a great question. I, it's all to your head, completely in their head and self-imposed. And I'm a marathon runner. So I always like to, when I'm talking to new runners and they, they say, how do I start running? I said, why don't you buy a pair of shoes yeah. and go to your local high school track and walk around the track once and then twice and then start jogging and then start running 
you, you have to take the first step. And so many people are fearful of taking the first step. What, what I like to say is that if you've lived 25 years and you're 45 as an adult and you're 45 or you're 50, don't call it a midlife crisis. Call it a midlife away. You've had you, you've learned a lot about yourself. And if you know that you're a procrastinator, <laughs> then you have to embrace that that about you and, and break through it in order to take that first step, wh- whatever that first step is. And the first step is was always the hardest mm-hmm. because but once you get on a path, you start getting momentum. And before I'll go back to the school thing, I took that first class and I was like, do I really want to do this? But that first class, I got into the excitement of it and 12 classes later. So it's really, it's a self-imposed barrier that we all put on ourselves. So just take that first step. Yeah. I think going back to school would be a really interesting experience for a lot of people. And I'm sure you had some reflection on how much your life experience brought to the classroom that maybe you didn't have when you were 18 to 20. I was the oldest. I was definitely the oldest person. There were a few of us who were over 50. Most of the people were, um, I'd say mid-career. So they were probably, you know, 35 to 40-ish. But yes, I did. I had to bite my tongue a few times because I didn't want to come off as the seasoned, grizzled guy who had been there, done that. But I learned a lot from them and, and they learned a lot from me when I did speak up. So yeah, it was it was great. And also, I didn't worry about sweating a grade. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor, Fiverr Business. Fiverr connects your team with freelancers, high-quality services on a budget. These are curated top providers, over 500 categories that have already been vetted for quality and experience. You've got tools to create projects, approve budgets, manage your freelancers. There's payment protection. You can count on transparent pricing and payment approval that gives you the last word every time. And when you sign up, you get a designated business success manager to make sure that you are getting your projects matched with the right talent. Sign up for free today at Fiverr.com. Did the ROAR, on top of being an active word, really is an acronym for your four-part process? You want to have you found a good, easy way to unpack that for people? Yeah, I think that that was. I wanted the book to be understandable to people, democratized, so that it, it covered a lot of uh, different types of people, that it was easy to read and accessible. So the acronym, the R is to reimagine yourself before others do it for you because you, you get displaced at work. You, you get your spouse comes home and says, I want a divorce. God forbid you, there's a natural disaster in your community. Mm-hmm. Things happen to you that you have to be equipped to think about. But running simultaneous to that, what's your favorite future? What do you want? What's important to you? So the tools, the stories about that. I love the second part, which is, oh, own who you are. You really have to own where you are at the moment, where you came from. We've all made mistakes. What are your numbers, your health numbers, your financial numbers? What are your strengths, your weaknesses, your failures? Own it before you can, as you asked earlier, before you can take that first step, you have to embrace all that. The A is the action plan. And there's a chapter called life layering, which is my formula for building a a rich life. And then the last R is reassess all your relationships, work, community, family, because they're the ones who are going to be your tribe 
to get you to where you want to go. They're, they're going to be your sort of posse of friends and family to, to make it all happen, facilitate you. Those are the four parts. Yeah. I, in listening to you un, unpack that, I would guess that second R is probably the harder one for some people. What, what, what if you'd make that assessment or reassessment and you decide I'm on the wrong team? <laughs> well, it, you know, it's funny you bring this up because I'm in. I was in the publishing business for my whole career, and what is it? What is a critical word in publishing? Editing, mm, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you know, editing is a process that we should use in our lives. Because think about those that friend you had when you were 25, and you're now 55, and that friendship is pretty toxic. And you got to let it go. You got to edit it. It's hard, and you also have to. There are family members that you have to. If you can't repair a relationship, you have to edit out or marginalize for your own well-being and your own health. And I think a lot of people hang on to relationships, even work relationships, working for a boss that is really a terrible human being and you can't get out of it or a company or living in a place that you, you just don't feel that you're. Those are tough decisions to be able to acknowledge that and step away from it. But that reassessment process has to happen. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor. When your agency partners with Wix, you unlock an entire digital ecosystem for creating, managing, and growing your business online so you can run your agency the way you've always wanted to. Get the full coding and design freedom to create anything your clients need, along with the tools to manage and collaborate with your team seamlessly from anywhere. And when it comes to growing your business, you can get matched with new leads every day and earn revenue share for every website you create. They're all backed with Wix's industry-leading security and site performance. You'll also have dedicated account managers on standby 24-7 so you can reach your goals and start setting new ones. See for yourself. Head on over to Wix.com partners and reimagine what your agency can accomplish. Is there an aspect of a clean break, so to speak, that really helps people turn the page? And, and I don't mean a clean break, like from a relationship or something, but even just even moving to a new location. You, in some ways, it forces you to reset a lot of things. Is that, would you say that's a common step in, in the folks you talk to? I think the thing that I talked to that was most impressive with the folks in the book is that they all put in the time before they made the leap. Yeah. Right. So they put in, I would say it takes two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it took two years on average when I talked to them to make a major work change, to make a major lifestyle change, move to another city, end a relationship, start a new relationship. And there are a lot of examples of how they went through that process. And you do, speaking of Oprah, you know, Oprah had this great phrase that there's a little voice in the back of your head and it gets louder and it gets louder and it gets mm-hmm. louder and you... You can ignore it, but ultimately it's going to be in the front of your head. And you've got to, when something's not working in your life, that you've got to focus on to, to change. And I think that's the, the key. And so it takes time. And you have to put in the sweat equity to, to help you get there, as opposed to just flippantly saying, well, I'm going to move from New York City to a small town in Montana. You've got to think about that. Go spend some time there. So let's shift a little gear in the world or the world of marketing. I have a lot of listeners that are marketers, obviously, or marketing their businesses. And I think if you look at this demographic that we're talking about, they're starting businesses that typically have a much higher rate of savings, investments, 401k, expendable income. And yet, if you were to watch most advertising even in some of the Hearst publications, even that you would believe that 18 to 25 year olds have all the money. Yeah. <laughs> so why are people 
tuning out to this demographic when I think it's probably for certain industries, probably their, their best. It's, I could do an hour or two on this, John. I think the, you're absolutely right. The baby boomer generation, the late bloomers and the, the early boomers have redefined everything historically. Mm-hmm. So they are not brand loyal. They will mm-hmm. jump. You know, remember the old story where a Chevrolet family, who's buying Teslas? A 60 year old who's got the money. They're not yeah. brand loyal at all. Yeah. They have the income, as you mentioned. They There are 103 million Americans who are between the ages of 40 and 64. They have the largest wealth. In the end of the first quarter, this is in the Wall Street Journal last week, the end of the first quarter, Americans ages Americans age 70 and above had a net worth of nearly $35 trillion. Right. And that is 27% of all U.S. wealth. Yeah. And marketers have completely missed the point. They live in an old world where television, the television media construct defined the 18 to 24 cohort and they've not evolved. And it's more than it's it's rampant throughout the advertising and media world. The images are atrocious. Mm -hmm. They're Mm -hmm. ageist. Mm-hmm. They are to talk about inclusiveness. That should be part of a diversity strategy for any marketer is to show dynamic, vibrant, tech savvy people over 50 right. who are engaged. I ran the Antarctica Marathon to celebrate my 60th birthday and to finish seven marathons on seven continents. And people say, wow, that's amazing. And I say, yeah. But when I ran the Toronto Marathon, I saw a 100 year old man. Right. Cross the finish line, the first hundred year old to run a marathon. So, like, where are those images of people yeah. from 60 to 100 doing all these like amazing dynamic things? So, there needs to be a major rethink. And professionally, I've reached out to the American Association of Advertising Agencies, the Association of National Advertisers to say you need to bring images into the world that show what this cohort's all about because they've got a lot of money. And they've got a lot of desire and they've got no brand loyalty. It is a radically different market than it was just 10, 15 years ago. And, and certainly, as you've alluded to, a very active lifestyle is part of, to a large degree, is a part of that package, isn't it? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Uh, look at all those skiers out there who are skiing in Colorado where you are, <laughs> that are you know, 70-somethings. I see yeah. them. I see them 80-somethings. They're out there skiing, and that's a whole new definition of... And they own a $100,000 uh, Sprinter van yeah, exactly. uh, to right. get there. <laughs> exactly. yeah. So I, I like to say, instead of saying we're getting older, I like to say we're living longer, and right. we're doing amazing things as we yeah. live longer. Yeah, absolutely. So, Michael, tell people where they can uh, find out more about your work and pick up a copy of Roar. So thank you. Roar launches on September 7th on all the platforms you can buy. I'm about to go do the audio book next week. So it will be hardcover. It'll be Kindle. It'll be audio. RoarbyMichaelClinton.com is the website. You Mm. can uh, order the book there. You can sign up for a newsletter, which is going to come. You can follow me on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Roar, Michael Clinton, all the above. Have you ever done a set to read an audio book? I've never done it. It's going to be an experience because it's, it's two eight-hour days. You've done it, I'm sure. Yeah, it, I've done I've done seven times. Yes. Oh my God! <laughs> breathing is the most important breathing. thing. 
focus if you do any meditation at all yeah. that's what it's really if you just start holding your breath the whole time while you're trying to read you'll get right. to the end of a sentence and you won't have any energy left so it's literally breathing is the most important element yeah. that's my two cents Thank you, i will take that and i will be thinking of you as i breathe <laughs> awesome michael it was great catching up with you and hopefully we and we're all getting back out there on the road again we'll run into you in person someday fantastic i appreciate it thanks for inviting me all right, that wraps up another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to share this show. Feel free to give us reviews. You know, we love those things. Also, did you know that we had created training, marketing training for your team? If you've got employees, if you've got a staff member that wants to learn a marketing system, how to install that marketing system in your business, Check it out. It's called the Certified Marketing Manager Program from Duct Tape Marketing. You can find it at ducttapemarketing.com and just scroll down a little and find that tab that says Training for Your Team.